and welcome to our new episode of uh, Growth Fit interview series. My name is Ashwini and guess who is here with us today? Any, any guesses? Uh, let's welcome Edward Ford, uh, Director of Marketing Supermetrics. Uh, they have reached uh, re uh, 10 million euros from uh, 20 from 10 million euros to 20 million euros ARR in just 12 months. Uh, they are uh, they have also shared this journey through an article 10 growth lessons uh, from Supermetrics. I'll share that link uh, in the corresponding page uh, so you can go through that also. Uh, oh, this is gonna be really really super interesting uh, session. Uh, today. So let's hear from Edward. How did they achieve this? Welcome, Edward. Ashwini, thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to be uh, here on, on the show with you. Thank you. And thanks a lot for your time. It's my pleasure to interview you, Edward. Uh, we want to understand about you and uh, what made you start with marketing and come up to this stage because it's a long journey from corporate uh, language instructor to marketing director. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's been quite the journey, that's for sure. Um, I think for me, I've always gravitated towards B two B. That was a space I wanted to be in. And after uh, graduating from from university and moving to Finland, so I'm originally from the UK. And the sort of long story short is that during my studies, I met a Finnish girl and ended up moving to Finland. And it's a great place to to live and grow your career. And um, B2B was a space I always wanted to go into after finishing university here in Finland and I started my career in a, in, um, a digital agency and that was where I got to experience a lot of different areas of business and marketing was just the thing I loved the most. It was like what I fell in love with um, and so after I'd spent a lot of time in an agency doing a lot of different things, not just marketing, sales, project management, our recruitment, building a team. Uh, I moved to a high growth cloud computing company, which was the fastest growing IT company in Finland uh, back then. And uh, we only had a two person marketing team, which was pretty crazy serving six European markets. And that was just a great learning experience, uh, not just on the marketing side and how to run marketing and um, build a growth engine, but also working with different countries, different markets, uh, working with sales teams, we had a very high touch sales process. So we kind of learned the whole whole B2B uh, life cycle at that time. And then uh, from there, I went to uh, went back to an agency that was specialized in working with SaaS and tech companies in particular. And I think having worked in cloud computing and uh, getting to know uh, the, the tech space in Finland a little better and within Europe, uh, SaaS was something that I was really, really interested in we were using a lot of SaaS tools uh SaaS as a as a space was growing and to to be able to join a company like advanced b2b which is a marketing agency based here in helsinki that specializes in working with b2b SaaS and tech companies was just uh, an opportunity i couldn't miss uh started uh a podcast there as well so we're kind of doing the same same thing you're doing um interviewing a lot of great marketers from around the world in the in the the field of b2b SaaS called the growth Hub podcast and uh that that was a great experience still doing that now uh even though i've joined supermetrics and i've been here for almost two and a half years and yeah we can talk more about the journey but it's been crazy there were about 30 people in the company when i joined we're about 150 now i was 
market at number five. Now the team has has grown quite substantially. Our ARR was around eight million euros when I joined. As you said, we we doubled from ten to twenty in twelve months, which was a pretty crazy time. We're now around thirty five million, uh, so so getting close to to forty, which is good. So it's it's been quite the journey, um, but it's been a lot of fun. That's for sure. Definitely. Uh, so Edward, uh, you mentioned about Supermetrics. So we would like to understand a bit about your this current company, Supermetrics, and uh, what marketing philosophy you follow to keep the keep up the spirit. Yeah. So Supermetrics is quite simple in terms of the products that we have. They they all help marketers and the analysts and engineers that support them just move their marketing and sales data from siloed platforms to wherever it is they need it for analysis, reporting, whether it's uh, spreadsheets, data visualization tools like dashboards, whether it's a data warehouse, that's really what Supermetrics does, just enables marketing teams to have access to their data. They're able to make better informed decisions backed by data. Uh, they're able to be more confident in how they operate since they're bringing all their data together and understanding what's really happening so that they can identify opportunities for growth. Uh, so that's really what Supermetrics does. And in terms of the philosophy of, of how we think about marketing, up until this point, it's been quite product-led. As a company, we've uh, been driven by product-led growth. When I joined, there were, I think, three people in the sales team. So, And they had only just started before I joined. So it was really a self-serve driven funnel. Uh, historically, now we're, we're moving more sales-led. So I think our marketing philosophy is going to change now as our sales team is growing. Um, but, but really, it's about helping marketers understand how supermetrics can help them solve problems. So we built a lot of our sort of philosophy or strategy around high intent search. Uh, so making sure we're visible in Google when people are un trying to find out how they can move, say, Facebook ads data to a Google Sheets spreadsheet, or if they're looking to move Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn data to an Excel spreadsheet or build a dashboard. So we want to be there and we can show people how to do that using our product. So it's been uh, product-led, I think, would be be the best way to summarize the the philosophy. But I think that's also something that is up for debate and discussion like on an ongoing basis. And I think that philosophy will most likely change as, as we grow, um, which I think is a good thing as well. Uh, so in one of your recent article, like uh, 10 growth lessons of supermetrics, as you shared, uh, when you double the ARR, you mentioned first lesson to double the ARR as don't skip strategy. So please tell us something about this. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, an article I wrote quite a while ago after we had just achieved the the doubling of ARR in twelve months from ten to twenty. Uh, and I think by this, it, it's more about understanding as a company where you're going, what is the goal, and how you're going to to achieve this. So it's not just something that kind of happens as uh, as a result of actions that aren't necessarily coordinated, but it's about bring everyone together and, and figuring out how we're going to achieve this goal and, and making a plan. I think that's sort of what a strategy is in its most simple terms. Um, so, so kind of aligning everyone behind that, understanding where growth is coming from, who's doing what, what is the, the buying process and, and just getting that, that company-wide alignment. And I think there's uh, obviously a role for marketing to play here in that you're out there on the front lines, you are 
thinking about messaging, you're thinking about the positioning, how you want to build the brand, how you want to be perceived, but also you're, you're kind of driving the top of the funnel. You're, you're putting opportunities in, into the pipeline. And, uh, there's a lot of work on the demand gen side, whether you're self-serve or sales assisted, you, you're, you're kind of fueling a lot of that. So, so you have a big role to play in marketing. And I think as well in getting the, the leadership and, and the company CEO founder, particularly if they're not marketing uh focused or if they're not a marketer by background that's often the case in SaaS that a lot of founders are very product driven people so they're so hands-on in the product and and uh that they maybe don't think about this so you can also have a role to play in in kind of gearing leadership so i think there's there's it's more about just getting the basics in place and having that foundation that you can then go on and achieve those kinds of results uh, so in addition to that, uh, one more lesson you mentioned that uh, please uh, measure what works and what doesn't. So what process you follow to measure that? Yeah, so we might be a bit biased, but of course we use supermetrics to to bring our data to the places where we want to then actually measure it uh, and analyze it and just basically understand what, particularly from a marketing perspective, what is actually driving growth, what is like which channels, which activities are helping us get the numbers and the opportunities that we need. So um, for us, an example would be on the content side. So a big, uh, a big go to market uh, channel for us is content. I think with many B2B and SaaS companies, it's a great way to build a brand, educate your audience, but also to, to kind of power that demand gen engine. So I mentioned earlier about having a product led philosophy in marketing and a lot of what we're doing on the content side is search first. So really thinking about what people are searching for in Google, what kind of problems are people having with data that we could then solve and show them how to do that. And so when it comes to our own measurement, it's about looking at, okay, all the different articles we've written which are not really generating the most traffic. Also, we look at that, but then which of them are converting, how many people are going on to start a trial of supermetrics. So we can see which blog posts are most effective from that perspective, which then helps us understand, okay, we should probably write more of these kinds of articles and maybe less of these kinds of articles. Um, so that the more you measure and the more you follow, the better informed you become and you can kind of modify your strategy as you go. Um, and that would be one example in content. Of course, our performance marketing team are heavily crunching the numbers of all the different campaigns that they're running, which are working, looking at different uh, acquisition costs per campaign and combining that with conversion rate. Because I think, again, a, a trap marketers can often fall into is just looking at the traffic numbers, but then if you're not looking at conversions, you can be essentially looking at the wrong problem or looking at a problem that doesn't exist, or you might be overlooking a problem if, if you're not actually looking at the conversion rate of traffic, if you see big spikes, which can make marketers very, very excited. Um, so again, it's, it's just about having a, a good process when it comes to how you work with data. You need access to that data, but then you need some sort of systems and processes in place where you can kind of come back and review that on a regular basis. Like, what are you looking at on a weekly basis? Uh, what are you looking at on a monthly, quarterly, half yearly basis? Um, so, so that would be a kind of example of how we work with data. 
again highly re related to the keyword that we're targeting for uh, for that specific article and then trying to understand the intent behind that search term so if people are searching for a specific term we need to translate that into a article that is going to speak to that person and and show that hey if you read this article we're probably going to be able to solve the problem you had um so i think it's driven uh, partly by the keyword itself, uh, obviously, but I think more importantly by the intent behind the search so that people can then understand what they'll get when they click that article. Basically, uh, uh, before even uh, positioning the statement or tagline, you do a lot of research uh, what the audience need and what your customer needs. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so our content team are, are often deep into tools like SEMrush or Ahrefs to look at opportunities and, and figure out what kinds of articles we could write. And then they have a, a monthly planning session where they then come together and share the different ideas they have and then figure out, okay, these are the things we'll be working on this month based on the opportunities we see in the data, but also in terms of like, what are the, the things that are important to us as a business right now that we need to, to write about. Uh, what is your source of information to uh, keep yourself updated with this data? Like uh, who, uh, the person, the segment which needs you, the marketing industry, where where you uh, particularly belong, these kind of segments, uh, segments or these kind of people, the crowd you that that need you, or supermarkets. Yeah. So we kind of have a good idea of who are ideal customers are and the different segments and for the most part they don't really change that much it, it depends if we're uh, for example with supermetrics you can pull a lot of data from paid advertising platforms and paid social platforms so if you need to pull in google ads data facebook ads data instagram ads data twitter ads data linkedin ads data all the ads data you can think of um, that would be a very obvious segment for us so performance marketers digital marketers uh, performance acquisition specialists but then if we're connecting to a new platform that is say recently we launched a shopify connector during last year so we're speaking to a slightly different segment yes there are many many performance marketers who will benefit from that if they're working with e-commerce companies but then there are also other uh, e-commerce specialist marketers who might have been looking to combine Google Ads data with Shopify store data so they can get a full overview of what's happening on their websites um, on a more granular level in a spreadsheet on a dashboard. So then we need to understand that market. Um, and then also on the destination side, I said that you can bring Supermetrics data into like spreadsheets or data visualization tools like Google Data Studio. But then when we added a data warehousing solution, if you want to move marketing data or a lot of marketing data into a product like BigQuery or Snowflake, 
then that's a slightly different audience. So it's the analysts and engineers who support marketing teams uh, predominantly. So then we need to understand that segment and, and that part of the business. So really it's a sort of self-driven process. We, we need to understand who we're trying to target and then reach out to contacts we know, uh, some of our early customers, test users, just speak with ideal customers who don't necessarily know Supermetrics. Um, look at another thing I like to do is is go and look at the LinkedIn profiles of people who you would love to see as your customer and just look at, OK, what kind of history do they have? What kind of roles have they had? What are they responsible for if people have listed that in their LinkedIn uh, job description uh, or their sort of LinkedIn summaries for the roles? Like what kind of things do they do? And you get a, a feel for the kinds of day to day challenges they have. And you can think a bit more about how your solution fits in with that. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different ways you can kind of keep updated with the different segments and audiences and customers. But I think at the end of the day, it's it's really up to you and, and how much you're willing to put in um, to, to do that. And I think it's one of the most important things as a marketer to do, that if you don't really understand your customer, then you're going to really struggle to, to, to kind of do your job and, and be Thanks. a successful marketer. You have recently interviewed, uh, I think, 17 SaaS marketers, if I'm not wrong. Um, uh, yeah, quite well, quite a lot, because I host the, the Growth Up podcast. So I'm interviewing a lot of marketers on, on a pretty regular basis. Um, okay. So we, we're normally putting out episodes every around every two weeks. So probably interviewing a couple of marketers every month uh, for that. Uh, so we would like to understand a short summary about it, uh, the interviews you held till now. So what was your take? Any any valuable information you would like to share with us? Ah, uh, yes, a lot. So <laughs> we have done about 70 episodes of the Growth of Podcast. And each episode is just full of some really, really good advice, lessons, knowledge, stories uh, from all these amazing marketers that we've been uh, interviewing and I've had the pleasure of interviewing I could probably spend like an hour per guest on all, all the different things I've learned but obviously we don't have that much time um, but I think that uh, when when I think back to the podcast and all the people we've spoken with that there are some sort of common themes that that always come up one is a kind of good continuation of the the previous question on the customer and just being so rigorous in understanding your customer and spending time to get to know them and thinking about all the decisions you make make sure you think about the customer as well because you can often be driven by internal factors or there are internal pressures pushing you to do something uh, which is often the case and that's fine but you just also need to think about the customer with everything you do in marketing uh, because that's that's uh, that's everything at the end of the day again the first question on, on the strategy that you you really need to have those foundations in place within your your company and your marketing team if you're going to be able to succeed because I think everyone's obsessed with like going into like tactics and lead gen uh, which is super important and that's like that that's kind of where what you you need at the end of the day you need to be driving that demand and, and filling kind of powering the engine uh, for growth but without that strategic foundation without the the clear alignment the goal the where are we going and how are we going to achieve this and what's the plan basically um that's uh that that's foundational 
Um, and I think what we've done with the growth of podcasts is basically split episodes into two types. So there are episodes where we would interview an expert or a marketer who knows a certain area of marketing really well and dive into that, whether it's um, about positioning, like how to position your SaaS company, whether it's about how to do customer research or if it's about how to launch a new product, speaking with experts within those areas and building out a framework and a playbook of, okay, this is how they do it and you can then copy that. So we're quite big on frameworks that can be then applied to, to other marketers and, and other marketing teams. Uh, so that would be one type of episode. Uh, and then the others are more sort of founder stories, like company growth stories. So we'll often, uh, and this is more when you're speaking with a CEO or a founder about, okay, how did you grow the business? How did you get to a big milestone like 10 million ARR? Like where were your first customers? How did you get them? What were some of the challenges? What were some of the, the big decisions that paid off? Um, the key learnings, uh, the struggles. So kind of getting more of a behind the scenes look at the, the struggles and, and what it takes to grow a company, which is maybe you don't have that framework that you can then put in place, but I think there's a lot of lessons that you can take in. There are a lot of um, sort of learnings you can get from those people who've, who've done it uh, and, and shared the story. And it's also quite inspirational as well to hear that what people did. And then you, after those discussions, you're feeling just super pumped and okay, let's go. Uh, so it, it's been a lot of fun, that's for sure. Um, and uh, a huge amount of learnings for, for me personally, but I think everyone who's listened to the podcast as well will have hopefully got, got a, a lot of good stuff from it as well. Uh, so as you mentioned about the foundations, uh, our next question is something related to it. Uh, you shared a post in that uh, there, are, there are five internal foundations all marketing teams need uh, in place uh, that you mentioned. First is brand, funnel, data, and MarTech, uh, pillars, and operating model. Uh, can you uh, please share some, some about it, some information? Yeah. Yeah, so this was just a, a, a recent LinkedIn update that I post based on a lot of discussions we're having now in the Supermetrics marketing team. So like I said, I've been at the company around two and a half years and the company has changed a lot in that time. And we recently uh, brought on a uh, our first ever CMO at Supermetrics. And this was a great time to review the, the basic uh, foundations of what we're doing in marketing, the sort of first principles of marketing and come back to, okay, who are we? What are we trying to achieve? Where are we going? What kind of things do we need to figure out? And I think it's easy to forget to come back to these things on a regular basis. You kind of maybe discuss them or you maybe even don't discuss them. You just jump into doing stuff. Um, so I basically shared that there are kind of five internal foundations that you need to have in place as a B2B marketing team. So, so brand, this is really about um, everything your company stands for. So what are you, why do you exist? What is the purpose? And this is not just for marketing the whole company. So everything you do in marketing is going to basically derive from this um, overall brand uh, position, the story, the narrative. Uh, that, that is sort of one of the most foundational pieces. Um, the second point is funnel. So this is essentially about thinking, uh, thinking about your customers or customer 
and understanding, okay, what journey do they take and what are the different touch points and no funnel is perfect. Uh, some people don't even like the word funnel. I know HubSpot, they're big on like the flywheel and thinking about the, the customer journey and that it's a sort of more of a cycle than a funnel. But really what this means is just model the customer journey in the best way you can or in a way that reflects the reality, knowing that it's not perfect. And then just identifying points in that journey, like here's touch point one, here's touch point two, three, four, and five. There'll be touch points in between as well, but say these are the points we're going to measure. This is the KPI. This is the definition. And then you can just look at the conversion rates. And then over time, the more you look at those numbers, you see, okay, there's a big blockage here, or there's something not working here. Let's dive in and figure it out. Or then if something's working really well, then you can also dive in and figure out, okay, what are we doing that's actually making this work? Maybe we could apply these lessons to the other parts. So that's really about helping you understand where to focus and, and if, if the work you're doing is really working. Uh, data and MarTech, so I mentioned this earlier that data is super, super important. You need access to good data. You need date, the access to be able to make better decisions. Uh, and this goes hand in hand with the funnel step as well, that you need to have good, good data to provide you with the KPIs at each stage. And along with that, you need the right tools to help speed you up. I think too often marketers have really clunky tools that slow them down rather than speed you up. So you should have a tech stack that is basically supporting you and helping you do the job better and faster. Um, if, if it's making you do a worse job and slowing you down, you should probably look into getting rid of it or looking at alternatives as well. Um, so they're the first three. So we have number one brand, number two funnel, number three data and MarTech. The fourth is uh, pillars, often referred to as the roadmap. So this is for us as a marketing team, what are the three to five most important things for us to focus on now? Like there's so much you could do in marketing. Marketing is such a broad discipline that if you try to do everything, you'll probably do a lot of stuff very averagely rather than just saying, okay, let's just forget about everything else. Let's just think about these three things and let's just go all in and figure them out. Let's fix them uh, and just focus our time and energy on, on trying to solve these points. Um, so that's something we've discussed a lot about, like what are those things for us right now? And then that kind of gives you the context, the focus for those sort of weekly sprints, like, okay, what are we doing this week? Or even every day when you open up your computer and you look at your calendar and think, okay, how am I going to use this time? What should I dedicate this time to? Um, so that would be the fourth point. And then the fifth is the operating model. And I think this is something that marketing teams don't often talk about. I think it's something that I don't really hear a lot of marketers discuss is, okay, this is how we as a team operate. This is what we're doing on like a half yearly level. And then this is what we do on a quarterly level. This is what we do on a monthly level. This is what our typical week looks like. And this is what uh, a, a typical day looks like in our team. So understanding what touch points do you need? What meetings are necessary? What isn't necessary? How can you streamline processes? How can you communicate the right amount of information with other teams in the company, particularly those that you work close with, whether, whether it's product sales, customer success or support? Um, how do you communicate to the rest of the company about what's happening in marketing? Uh, so kind of figuring out this model uh, and making sure you have a system in place that is going to help you move faster and more efficiently 
uh, to get the job done, but also has enough touch, touch points that you're not slowing yourselves down as well. So these were the five. So we had the number one brand, two funnel, three data and Martech, four pillars, five operating model. And I think there's probably several others as well, but uh, we picked five. These are the five we have and, and they kind of help us. So we're, we're coming back and looking at all these right now. And then I think when we figured them out, we'll roll with that for a while. And then maybe after six months, come back and look at these things again uh, and figure out, okay, do we need to change anything uh, and so forth. So. So uh, a quick question about your third pillar is uh, data and marketing. Uh, any, you mentioned about a uh, uh, tool, right? So tools uh, that works for you. So how do you decide that or any, any kind of tool that uh, you use right now uh, in Supermetrics to drive the traffic or maybe to drive the conversion? And, or maybe you're looking for something uh, that is the need of this marketing industry or marketing industry. Any so in terms of, so tools to drive conversion, you said. Drive conversion so, or in, in marketing world, what, what kind of tools right now, or maybe you're looking for it. Yeah. Um, so I guess in terms of like driving conversion, it's, you don't really need a tool specifically for that. There are some tools you, you, you can use, of course. Um, but I think it's more about looking at your funnel and then understanding okay which which areas are the other places that we need to uh need to look at and it might be conversion for example you might see that there's a lot of traffic going to a certain product page and you haven't really done much with that page for a while or you haven't noticed that before and so then you start thinking okay what can we do to to drive conversion there and i would argue that you don't necessarily need a tool to do that you more need a process um so what we did uh, recently is that that we had a, a situation where we noticed a certain page was getting a lot of traffic and we were wondering how can we increase the conversion rate of that page and so we we kind of workshopped it rather than you use the tool to hack it so we basically split the team into groups of three and everyone had to come up with each team had to come up with a set of conversion ideas of how we can improve the conversion rate of this page uh, and then we broke out and the teams had an ideation session, came up with a bunch of different ideas. We got some teams to think about it from a mobile traffic perspective, others from a desktop, because uh, we have a bit of a split between mobile and desktop traffic. And then we would come back at the end of that. Teams would share their ideas. And then what we did is that we used the ICE framework, which is something used by Sean Ellis, or it was a framework developed by Sean Ellis, uh, where you look at the impact potential impact of each idea. You look at the confidence you have of that idea working, and then you look at the ease of which you can implement that idea. So if you have, uh, and you score them on a scale of one to 10, and if you have, say, an idea that you think could be super impactful, you're super confident that it will work, and it's super easy, you might score that 10, 10, 10. So you'd have uh, a 1000 score, which is the highest you could get. And then you have at the other end, if you if you have ideas which you're not very confident about, you don't think that they're going to be very impactful and they're actually really, really complicated to to implement. You could give it one, one, one. So you would have the lowest score of one. Uh, and then you can kind of rank them all. We had like 50 ideas by the end of like one and a half hour workshop. And we can then go in and start systematically testing those ideas, some of which will require specific tools, whether it's some sort of pop up, whether it's some sort of chatbot or live chat solution 
um, whether it's some add-ons within WordPress or whichever website you're using. Um, and of course, there are other tools you can use um, higher up the funnel. So if you want to do keyword research to get the right traffic onto the page in the first place, which is also another way you can impact the conversion rate. So using things like SEMrush, Ahrefs and so forth, uh, a lot of tools on the performance marketing side. So yeah, I think tools are super important. And as I said, you want tools that will help you get the job done and help you get the job done quicker. But I also hear like a lot of marketers are super obsessed with tools that like will always ask like, what's your favorite marketing tool? What tools do you use? What does your tech stack look like? And at the end of the day, it's more about do you have the right frameworks and processes in place that you can then get the most out of the tools you use? Because no tool is going to solve your problem magically. No tool is just going to magically double your leads um, if you don't use it the right way or if you don't think about things in the right way. Um, so it's, again, it's, it's more about the mentality, I would say, than the tools. That is, I think, valuable information for us. Um, so uh, next question, like paid or organic? What is your favorite? <laughs> yeah, this is a good question. Uh, I'm a, I, this is a non-answer. I'm a big, big fan of both. Um, paid is great because you can uh, speed things up you can get good quality traffic pretty quickly. Uh, and it's also a great test platform. Like if you want to try out new brand messaging, if you want to try out new uh, like positioning statements, or if you want to try out new key selling points or reasons to buy, paid is a great way to do that. You can come back within a week, two weeks and have some data on, okay, these campaigns perform better, these message variants perform better. Um, so that's great. And I think it's also a tap that you can kind of, you can kind of turn on and off a little more um, if you're if you're behind numbers or if you're if you're in a situation where um, you you kind of need need to need a few more results. That might be one one first solution or one one starting point. But I love organic as well because it's it's a sort of long term game and it's it's like an investment bank in that or, or an investment account where you put a little bit of money in each month and then over time you get money back and that compounds so a lot of work you did a year ago is going to be like at first you don't see the results in, initially but it can pay you back in uh, in many ways over the years and that's been the case with articles we've written at supermetrics in terms of traffic and trials in articles I've written at previous companies, they've been providing like a steady stream of traffic and opportunities years after they've been published. So you can go and modify them and update them. Um, and, and they'll continue giving you results. And if you keep doing that on a systematic basis, you then just build this huge sort of powerful force behind organic uh, traffics. And, and it's often converting at higher rates than most other traffic. Uh, so I like both, but if you forced me to pick one, uh, I would go organic. And I think it's also, I'm a bit biased okay. because I've worked more on the, the content on organic acquisition side than say the performance side. Um, so I think that's also biasing my answer slightly, but it's close. But it's moved. Yeah. So <laughs> fine. <laughs> 
तो फाइनली आई वुड लाइक टू गेट वन एडवाइस फ्रॉम यू फॉर फॉर फेलो मार्केटर्स और मे बी द एंट्री लेवल मार्केटर्स फॉर द सक्सेसफुल करियर yeah so i i could give like three pieces of advice um some of which is advice i've been given um from others who i've interviewed on the podcast so the first would be solve problems so if you can just find problems that need solving as a marketer whether it's internal problems or something that someone hasn't done or someone hasn't thought about whether it's uh, a problem or an opportunity that you see just go and solve them i don't think anyone's going to tell you off for that uh, and you're just going to make yourself super super valuable to the rest of the company and the team uh, and i think it's a great mentality to have so so solve problems and then kind of following from this the second would be don't ask for permission so uh, i think it's better to to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission if things don't go right but i think if you see an opportunity if you see a problem just just go ahead um and and then uh I think it's a great great mentality to have. And then the third would be never stop learning. I think as a marketer you can never know everything and even if you do know everything things change so quickly that you need to keep learning, you need to keep reading, you need to keep looking at what others are doing, asking for advice, finding mentors and peers uh within the same space because everyone's going through the same thing. Uh and then I think as well look for lessons outside of like if you work in b2b marketing look at what b2c marketers are doing look at what some of the great consumer brands have done and think how can we apply those lessons to to our own work and and even outside that like behavioral psychology that there's, there's so much there that you can learn as a marketer um in addition to the sort of the the hacky b2b growth marketing stuff so i think solve problems don't ask for permission never stop learning that would be my advice to all marketers out there to to help make you more successful uh, so uh, when it comes to mentorship uh, who is your mentor mentor in marketing yeah the team that i work with i think we all mentor each other to some extent we all ask each other for advice we have our monthly retrospectives which is one of my favorite meetings that we have where we all come together as a team share the the wins the losses the learnings uh a great great meeting so i think we kind of all all mentor each other we all, all have a we're big believers in feedback like giving and receiving and we just try to encourage everyone to give receive feedback no matter who's reporting to whom uh it doesn't matter if you have advice if you have feedback uh it's all about helping each other improve so so that would be one uh, my manager um both my my new manager gabby and my my old manager jao who uh has been working with me for the last two and a half years i think that they've been huge helps to to me in my career so i think those would be the closest people on on the day to day basis but then i also have some mentors who i've never um i don't speak with on a regular basis but i kind of just follow what they do i look at how they work and they they kind of it's particularly on linkedin and and twitter and i just love everything they do those would be tim solo from ahrefs the cmo uh claire solentrop and uh, Georgiana Laudi who are two great SaaS marketers uh and then Kyle Lacey who's the CMO at Lessonly uh who shares a lot of very very uh insightful stuff so he he's someone I've never even spoke with but I I would consider him a, a remote mentor even if he doesn't know it <laughs> uh, so when you said that uh, uh, your team is your mentor uh, I think that's the core or uh, maybe 
as as you join the supermetrics uh, you try to build a team and uh, when when you are learning from them that's a huge yeah value addition i, I believe yeah definitely with these questions and answer i wind up here uh, but i think that's uh, again it's again more to learn from you edward but yeah <laughs> we need to stop here today uh, let's